Good morning, everyone. Well, or excuse me, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, March 18th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm still getting used to it being the afternoons, AJ. You know, it's the third one in the afternoon, so forgive me for that, guys. I said good morning on uh, two, on Monday as well, and Cole was like, dude, you said good morning. It's afternoon show now. Yeah, so afternoon, guys. It's 4 p.m. Eastern time here in Toronto. I think AJ's down there in Chicago, so you're, uh, I believe, an hour behind me, if I'm mistaken, AJ, Central Time, if I'm mistaken, so right around, uh, right around the same time. And uh, we got a great card this weekend, guys. UFC Vegas 22. I know AJ's got some bets for the card. I'm still working on mine. They'll be giving out tomorrow on the Elite Fantasy Podcast, Elite Betting Podcast. But I know you do you do have a few uh, spots you want to talk about, and we'll get to those. Um, but, you know, the one fight that did change since I did the podcast on Tuesday with Marcel, uh, AJ, was the addition of a heavyweight belt between Harry Hunsucker and Ty Tuvesa. It's a short-notice fight. The original fight was supposed to be Dante Mays and Ty Tuvesa. Before we get into the new fight, what like what were you thinking of that first fight, man? Because I got to be honest, I was kind of tempted to take Dante Mays at plus one seventy five. He had a significant reach advantage in the fight. I just I'm not too high on Ty Tuvesa, but this is a different fight. But what were your thoughts on the first matchup? I was eyeing an underdog shot as well. I, I wasn't going to end up doing it. But it was definitely a dog or, or pass matchup for me. It is always intriguing to your point to get an underdog with a reach advantage of uh, six inches, which uh, Mace had. I was We were on uh, Phillips against um, Yudong. There was a reach advantage there. It's always intriguing when you get those reach advantages in there. Um, and, and we know Tuivas has definitely got holes in his game as we'll, we'll get into. So it was definitely an intriguing spot, but um, new matchup. So I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, I'm almost glad it uh, didn't happen because, honestly, I was, like, really scratching my head. Now, when Marcel was so sure Tavesa was going to win, he was like, dude, you're crazy. He's going to knock him out. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't I don't trust this guy at all. Then again, how do you trust Dante Mays? Anyways, the fight's off. So now the new fight is Harry Hunsucker comes in. Um, I just want to get Kevin's question, and, and we'll talk about this fight. He says, good afternoon, guys. Hey, Kevin, one of my favorite guys here. He says, what's your – it's a random question to start, but he says, what is your favorite technique, MMA? His is the jab. I love the jab. I love the jab. Very effective, underutilized. I agree with that. Man, I got to go with the low kick, though. It's still my favorite. It's still, it's still my favorite, man. I love the calf kicks. Love the low kicks, AJ. Um, and I'm not really one of these people that jumped on the bandwagon now. Like, I remember seeing these years ago. When Jim Miller fought uh, Dustin Poirier, he utilized the low kick very well in that fight. That was, like, five years ago. So, I remember, like, I used to train then. I remember seeing that fight. I went to the gym the next day, and I was going to that calf rate. Well, I mean, it's a heavy bag, but I was going for the bottom of the heavy bag. So, that's got to be one of my favorite techniques. But what about you, AJ? I like the oblique kick for a few different reasons. It's a good like range measurement technique. Uh, it's also like effective. And then when I see a fighter use the oblique kick, it tells me that they've just got a lot of variety and layers to their striking. So it just it implies to me that like this is a, a developed striker. You know, John Jones used it. Uh, Lorenz Larkin used it. I mean, when, when you got a fighter that goes out and uses it, use it consistently, uh, it's definitely a like a, a catch. Uh, it, it catches my eye whenever I see a fighter roll that out there. So I would say that. Yeah, that's a great one too. John Jones uses that obviously really well. Um, definitely some uh, ethical issues, I think, with that technique, AJ. Like some fighters do not want to use it against their opponents because they believe that they could seriously injure them. H- having said that, if I'm a fighter, I would use any technique I can use. If you, if you can legally use that technique, I would use it, you know. So I mean, you can't do things like <laughs> kneeing someone in the head in the ground, but you can apparently do that. So that's definitely a good one. Um, let's get into this fight, though. I want to break down the fight with you, um, AJ. So Let's talk about Tuvesa first here. Let me pull up UFC stats. We'll go through that a little bit. I want to do a little bit of tape study with you guys. I'll show you kind of like the, the way I get into these fights. I can't show Tuvesa's fights because they're copyrighted um, under UFC Fight Pass. It'll it'll just block this video, so I can't do that. But I will show you guys Hunsucker's fights from the uh, regional scene. I'm just pulling up the uh, stats for this fight. 
tied to the Asa Harry Hunt circuit. And again, you know, physical stats, it's almost like a secondary thing for me, Jay. It's not really the most necessary thing, right? The most important thing is the style matchup, like you always talk about. I agree with you. But the stats are definitely important. They like to help back – for me, they like to help back my argument up and stuff like that. So, you know, looking at this fight, again, the Dante Maze had a six-inch reach advantage, and he was, you know, kind of the same weight and stuff too. Tivesa is uh, – he's going to be the heavier guy in this matchup, AJ. Huntucker's not a big heavyweight, I would say. He's like more of a medium-sized heavyweight. Um, you see the reaches the similar here. It says Tivesa is a southpaw as well, four, four, four uh, years younger. That is another advantage as well, guys. Um, again, you know, Huntsucker – the rest of these stats you can't even look at. You cannot look at for Huntsucker anyways because he doesn't have a sample size. He has one fight. That's called a small sample size. You wouldn't use that in other sports. We're not going to use an MMA. Tuvesa, however, does have a big sample size, AJ, of about uh, seven fights now. So you can you use his stats. And you see right away, I mean, the strikes landed 4.2. It's a nice uh, nice stat there for him. The defense, 50%. So it's not terrible either. The biggest problem here is the wrestling, right, for him. He doesn't, he's never attempted to take down or he's never succeeded in getting one. And he's only stopping 46% of them. So in the Maze fight, I thought Maze may be able to pin him against the cage and take him to the ground, kind of like Spivak did, as we saw in that fight, where I believe he was a favorite in that fight and he lost. And I remember picking Spivak there because I was fading a tie. This fight's probably a little bit different. I'm not so sure how effective Hunsucker is as a wrestler. I have watched his fights. We'll, we'll show them in a second here. Um, you know, AJ, it's just like, a, to me, it's a, there's a very different, uh, there's a big difference between fighting guys in the regional scene, Kentucky, and fighting guys in the UFC. And uh, just, what's your initial thoughts on this fight before we get into the tape on Hunsucker? But what do you, you think as far as the stats and everything is concerned here? Yeah, Tui Vasa is always – well, to your point about stats in general, I like them uh, because they help paint me a picture on, on the fight film. Like you said, the, the stylistic matchup is more important, and we could get that from the fight film, but the stats help paint that picture. Uh, so it's like a, it's like secondary evidence, if you will. Yeah. Um, and as pertains to Tui Vasa, yeah, he's got like good volume, at least on paper, but he's still like a very flawed fighter, I'd say. We've seen his cardio fail him, his defensive grappling. Uh, he's not the most technical fighter. Uh, he kind of relies on like his power and athleticism, but um, he's a guy where like, I wouldn't put a ton of emphasis on his stats. Cause still to me, he's a guy that's kind of knockout or bust. Yep. Like when he has you hurt, he'll like aggressively pursue you. But when we actually watch him in striking exchanges, he's not like this high volume uh, pace machine, you know, like some of these other guys on this card, um, like Kevin Holland, for instance, he doesn't throw as much volume as Kevin Holland in, at sp in open space. So um, I like your, the, the most compelling stats in this fight is the weight there. We see that Tuivasa is, is going to be the bigger fighter. And like, I do agree with you, Hansucker, he could probably fight at light heavyweight. Yeah. He did not look that big against Vanderera, who's like a normal size heavyweight, I'd say. Um, so that's going to be like Ty's advantages, but there's nothing stylistically that tells me like Ty really blows him out of the water. It's just more so like, oh, he's more prepared. He's been in the UFC more. He's going to be bigger than him. It's not like this overwhelmingly stylistic, comp um, compelling advantages in his favor. So, yep. um, yeah. I agree with that. Let's get Kevin's comment. Does Hunsucker know what wrestling is? By the way, the Hunsucker name, such a great name, eh? Harry Hunsucker. I love it. He says, I feel like even a passing knowledge of the sport of giving a path to break against Ty. He actually is not terrible at this wrestling. I don't know if you've, Walk, if you if you did your tape starting on, on him yet, Harry or uh, on AJ, but you know Harry's not too bad with his single leg. He can get it against these low level guys. But again, Tuvasa is a much high level high level fighter, guys. Like yes, he was taken down by Spivak six times in that fight, right, and then two times by Bagori. But that's it. You know, generally these fights stay in the feet, and he's pretty effective with it. And again, Hunsucker had the one fight contender series against Vendera got finished, but it was on short notice. This is also on short notice though. But let's watch his last fight, okay, AJ. I don't know if you've, you've probably seen it already, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. 
Let's watch this last fight. If you guys haven't seen it, it's uh, this guy, Eric Corey Moon. And, I mean, look at the guy's fighting. Like, this is not a UFC caliber fighter, guys. Like, he, this guy, I checked his record out. He's been fighting for 15 years. as like, eight fights. And, I don't know. Just watch Hunsucker here. I mean, he's definitely aggressive. We saw against Vendera. Um, he's got these wild hooks. He does have some power. You'll see the power in a second here. He got that nice low kick. I just don't, like, Ty Tuvesa, I think, would walk through some of these shots. Like, that one right there. I don't think it would oh, necessarily rock Tuvesa. Go ahead. You're, you're playing it right now because we can't see it. I we we could only. Oh, I'm see so sorry, guys. I'm an idiot. Sorry. I, I yeah, my bad. No, you're not. You're, you're not. <laughs> I don't know why they. Okay, my bad. Sorry, guys. I had the wrong uh, screen. Oops. There we go. There we go. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. My bad. I had it on the. I had it playing in the other screen. Um. You you can see it now. Everything's yeah. good. All right. Good. Perfect. All right, let's watch this fight. It doesn't last long, guys. I'll just say that. I'm assuming that uh, you've watched it already, AJ. This fight. <laughs> yeah. And like, like I was saying, like, look at the guy he's fighting, right? Like, to me, that's this guy's not UFC caliber. He looks slow plotting. Doesn't that guy's not in shape either, whatsoever? Not that I'm the one to say anything about that, but I mean, we're we're trying to dissect these fighters. You can see here, he's definitely an aggressive guy. We saw that against Vandera too, um, AJ. He walked forward in the first couple minutes. He actually looked okay at, at, at first, but again, the, the conditioning let him down in that fight. You know, you can see the power though, guys, and he does have some hands, as you see here. Nice low kick. Yeah, it's like you're saying the technique is just so wild and sloppy. Yeah, like, it's so sloppy, bro. Look at like it's a nice knockout though, guys. Watch this one; it's pretty nice. Like, it's nasty, but the guy stinks. Look at this. Oh, jeez, man! <laughs> it was That's... a nice knockout, but the, that guy's terrible. Like, he didn't even put his hands up. AJ, look at his hands. Watch this guy. Yeah, his arms are just kind of flailing. So yes, it was a great knockout. I'm actually really happy for this dude. I watched James's interview with him, and you know he's he's like. Hey man, I'm a big underdog in this fight, guys. I know that it's like the odds are stacked against me, but I'm happy to be in the UFC, and I'm glad he's in the UFC, AJ. But that hearing him say that, I was like, this guy's gonna lose, man. I got to be honest. So let's we can watch another one of his fights if you guys want to. Might as well, um, Harry Huntsucker. I mean, let's watch because uh, what's his name? Kevin was asking about the wrestling, so I think there's some other fights here that kind of show more of his wrestling. Maybe this one. Let's try this one. It's crazy. Like at the heavyweight division, though, I say his technique yeah. is sloppy. You could get by with it, though. I mean, I look know. at Lewis. It's just crazy. Like I think this is one where he uses wrestling, actually. Look, you can see he goes right for the clinch, um, and then he gets him down with a single. See, this is what I saw, AJ. He's got a decent single leg, but again, against low-level guys. It, you know what? The sad thing is it might work against Kai. It could. I just don't know if it's going to work for 15 minutes, you know, or less. Like, this fight is for three rounds, guys, and he could fit like he's definitely got some power on the top. He even said in the interview too, he's like, if I get him to the ground, I'll probably finish him. And I kind of agree with that. AJ, I think if he gets the fight to the ground, he will have a path to victory. But you know, I, I'm just not convinced he's gonna be able to stand and bang with Ty, man. Like Ty Two Base has been in there with some real hitters in over the over his career, and for the most part, he's been able to kind of get out of there. Um, what are you seeing here with Huntsucker? Like, obviously, you can see he's got a, a basic knowledge definitely of the ground game of passing the guard. What do you what are you seeing here? I mean, like his his game is just pretty basic. He's just not really. Yeah, he's got this uh, hammer lock too, guys. American that he likes to do. Go ahead, AJ. No, I mean <laughs> that's a nice submission right there. But in terms of like the takedowns, like I agree with you. He, I, he could take Ty down, but even if we want to look at the Spivak fight, Spivak had to show good cardio, take him down again and again because Ty kept getting up. I don't trust Hunsucker's cardio, especially on short notice. A guy who hasn't been past the first round ever in probably MMA to, to take him down as consistently as Spivak did. Even if we want to look at the Blagoy fight, I think that those guys were just 
uh, better grapplers than Hunsucker. Again, it's it's possibly takes him down. It's just he needs to, I think, take him uh, finish tie within those first couple attempts. And I mean, I just think it's kind of unlikely based on what we're seeing right here. Like you said, it's 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 a different story. There there are levels to this, as we know. Yeah. I mean, look, Gavin Tucker versus Dan Ige last week. I mean, you know, the the tape could say like, well, you know, Tucker over 15 minutes could win. Uh, is Dan a, too big of a step up? And then we saw. In that in that particular scenario, Dan was too big of a step up, but we don't really know that until we actually see them in there. But but my eyes tell me that Tuivas is just unbelievable. <laughs> I'm but, sorry, just like I had to laugh because these this guy's just not ready for this fight. This guy right here, like he wasn't prepared. The guy who's fighting, you can tell he's got power though, no doubt about it. But again, you know, he was struggling to get this dude down. AJ, like that freaks me out. This who's this guy? Tony Parker. That's not the San Antonio Spurs point guard guys. This is some random dude from the regional scene in Kentucky. So. You know, everything's pointing to me, man. Ty Vase is getting this win. I actually like him in this fight a lot. Um, I thought he'd be minus 500. You opened at minus 350, if I'm not mistaken, or 385 or something. Right now, the odds are, let's take a look, 350. Yeah, so it went down a little bit. I'm guessing you're passing on this one. Um, it's hard to lay the juice on the heavyweight kind of fight between two lower-level guys, although I'd say Ty is definitely a UFC caliber fighter. Um, is there anything you're looking at in this fight, AJ, for a betting perspective? Maybe the under one and a half, but I just can't lay that juice on Ty. I mean, yeah, he, he probably goes out there and wins. I just don't want to lay juice on a guy that's got so many holes in his game. We were talking about hack press last week. I was comfortable there, but it's just a completely different spot. I got to pick my pick my spots for the value, and so I just feel kind of fine uh, passing. Yeah, that's fair enough, AJ. Um, you know, I, I got to be honest, guys. I do like Ty in this fight, um, but the odds obviously suck. I'll think about it. I'll see tomorrow what I'm going to do. But I'm looking at this, uh, the fight doesn't go the distance, is only minus 260. I don't think this fight goes the distance, do you? I'd rather lay the juice on that, personally. What do you think? It probably doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would depend on what that under is set at, if yeah. we have bigger value. Because my there might be more value with the under only because they might both gas. Um, but I could see it going uh, not going the distance. So I, I see your take there. Yeah, let's take these comments. Kevin says, I know you're saying about level competition. Ty's wrestling is very low level. It is. It's not good. He's been training it, though, so... Hopefully it's got better. Hansucker's body type doesn't scream good cardio. Nope. I don't think it's going to be horrible, but I don't think it'll be great. Um, he definitely looks in better shape, though, from his Instagram and stuff. Not that it's going to paint a picture of how the fight goes, but he looks better shape than, than he was against Bandera, where he gassed out after about three minutes. AJ, that was like on two days' notice, I think. So, listen, this guy's got his shot in the UFC now. He's probably going to get KO'd, though, guys. From a fantasy perspective, Ty's the guy I'm looking at, too. I got to be honest, AJ. I would assume he's going to be the cash play of the week for most people because he's most likely going to win this fight in the first round by KO. So it's definitely a little bit risky because he is a low-level heavyweight, but I'm thinking tie in the first round. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, that would be where I would more than want to get my exposure is on DFS. Uh, GPP is tied, throw him in there. Like you said, he's got that first-round finish upside. And that's a risk uh, people would be willing to take, right? If it misses, it misses. But it's too good of a spot, I think, to kind of pass up and completely fade. So I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one, too. Um, again, guys, you got any questions, throw them in there. Um, we'll take a look at some other, other fights on the card. I don't want to get all of them today because I already did it for myself, but we'll take a look at a few of them. Now, how about take a look at the main event? I mean, because I know you're on Brunson here, man. And I got to be honest, like, this is a tough one for me to call. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards Holland a little bit. I did read your breakdown yesterday on your, uh, on your uh, Twitter that you posted, so I definitely can see what you're saying. The thing that gives me the hiccup here is if it was a three-round fight, AJ, I would pick Brunson. But the five rounds really worries me. I just don't know if I can trust this cardio in those fourth and fifth rounds. Although it's looked great lately, especially against Edmund. Um, I just feel like Colin would have the better cardio in those last couple rounds. Having said that, I don't think I could bet on this fight. So obviously you have a 
probably a, maybe a better view of this fight than me because you are placing a wager on it. So give me your thoughts on this matchup. Why did you lay the juice on? Well, you're not laying the juice on Brunson. He's a dog. But why are you making a bet on Derek Brunson? It's it's the hype cycle. We've seen it time and time again. These hype fighters get an inflated line because people get excited about knockouts. And I love knockouts too, but there's there's ways to take advantage of that in the betting line in the right matchup. And look, this this bet could miss. It's not a lock. Um, but Brunson, I think, has the tools to exploit Holland where he's looked most susceptible. We've seen Holland taken down pretty much by everybody that wants him down. Mearshart, Stewart, Allen. They're able to pass his guard, threaten him with submissions. We saw Stewart almost finish him with a ground and pound. And Brunson's been able to out-wrestle Heinish, Romero, good athletes, good wrestlers. He's been able to take guys down, pass their guard. He's a BJJ brown belt. Um, and in the top position, he'll he'll look for ground and pound. And I just don't trust Holland. Yeah, he's a black belt under Travis Luter, but like he just hasn't shown me enough urgency on the ground. Um, you know, jo that's an impressive win that he has over Chakra, but if he's not finishing the guy from from Nico Price ground and pound bottom. I just, I think it's kind of, I think that if Brunson is able to settle in top position, it could be a long night for Holland. I think we could even see Holland tired. I mean, Holland gassed in round three against Stewart. Mark Smith was telling him to fight back. I mean, this is a, a, a fight. I think it's going to be the tale of two two fights here. It's get Holland in open space. That's where I think he's going to have his success. He's going to be longer. He's going to be the more technical striker. I think more varied. But if if Brunson is able to get the clinch or in top position, that's where I think Brunson is going to look like a comfortable favorite. And so, I mean, I, this bet could lose just like any other bet that I place, but this is just a risk that I'm willing to take, and we'll see exactly what happens here. But I like the value on Brunson. Yeah, I actually capped it basically a pick on AJ. So I don't really see value in Holland at all. That's why I'm laying – I'm not I'm not going to play Holland here at minus 175. The opening odds had him at plus 100. I might have considered that because I, I think it should be minus 110 each. So, you know, to me it's like for it's a pass. But I could – at plus 150, I mean, there's definitely some value I think on Brunson. Just not a spot I want to take AJ personally because – I do have concerns about his cardio and his chin as well a little bit too. So the guy's great though. Don't get me wrong. And uh, I think he's won his last three fights as an underdog, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, he's, he's been winning fights as a dog. The Theodore fight might've closed the pick, but he's definitely a dog against Heinish and uh, Shabazian. He was plus 300, I think against. So that was a great spot if you had him there. Um, let's get this question here from Stu. Hey Stu, what's going on? He says, concern with the Lizzie coming down the middle. For me, yes. For me, yes. That's why I'm picking Giles too. I like Giles a lot actually. I think he's very underrated. I think he's got a big striking advantage in this fight, man. I gotta be honest with you. Um, don't get me wrong, the Lizzie's look good, but he's one of these slow, kind of statuesque guys who kind of stands there and moving down the middle way, I have a lot of concerns about him. The line's actually shifted even more towards Giles now. It's uh uh the opened at minus one fifty and now it's minus one twenty-five. So some small action coming on Giles. I don't think it's crazy. I expect the line to kind of stay around this. Um, this is another tough one to call, guys. Like I'm not too confident either side, but I, from what I've seen, man, Giles has really made some improvements. And I thought he looked outstanding against Bobon Lewis, a guy who's disappointing me for sure. But I was, I was impressed, AJ. And even in his losses to Cummings and uh, Yearshart, you know, he was winning those fights and made mistakes. And he leaves his neck out. And if he leaves it out against Delizzi, he could get caught. Delizzi's got some submission skill too, mostly heel hooks. But uh, yeah, the fact he's moving down to middleweight, man, on short notice really worries me. I'm sure he's been training for this and he's ready to go. He's, he's in Vegas. But yeah. Uh, I have question marks. What are your thoughts on this? Go ahead, talk. Um, yeah, I do. I am going to be monitoring those weigh-ins because Delizze is a big guy for light heavyweight standards and uh, moving down, obviously. Like, I think I, I favor him ever so slightly because, like, I, I agree, like, Giles could best him on the feet by being a bit faster, being a better athlete. But I just don't trust Giles' defensive grappling at all, man. Like, that Yep. That Mearshart fight, I mean, he had Mearshart mounted and then Mearshart's reversing him, mounting him. The, the Zach Cummings fight, he gets dropped because he's 
you know, basically just wooing at the crowd and um, being lackadaisical out there. But I agree with you that the Von Lewis fight was arguably his best performance in the UFC. I mean, even though he went out there and made quick work of um, his UFC debutant opponent, but he he just fought with a lot more urgency. You could tell it in Giles. Like he he you could tell that he actually wanted it there. He he cared. Uh, whereas before it, it seemed like, um, well, cause he's like a police officer on the side of things. So you gotta also kind of wonder like how committed he is with another job, but he just, I really liked how he looked against Lewis. Um, so I, I think it's a close fight. I agree with it being a close fight. I don't want to bet it. Um, I favored Dilidze. I mean, you could use the, like, yeah, Giles will be faster, but kind of a similar example. We saw Jan Israel, uh, Dilidze is going to be the bigger guy here. So if he does get in top position on, Giles, I think he can maybe control him there. He's a good submission grappler, so he can maybe do something with that. Um, but yeah, Delizze is a guy I don't want to invest in because his output is just so low. Usually um, he, he wrestled with more urgency last time against Giles, but I'd like to see more consistency out of that. So um, as far as a pick goes, I slightly favor Delizze, but I don't want anything to do with this as far as a bet. Yeah, I'm with you completely, man. I, I just don't think I could touch it. Even from fantasy, it, it seems tough to me. Like, I guess there'd be a finish in this fight if I had to guess. Would you lean towards a finish in this one? I would lean towards the finish, yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I got some comments here. Kenshiro always says the the times. Yeah, I can't do it at 10 a.m., man. I have a full-time job during the day. I can't. It's got to be 4 p.m. Um, this is a good question from Stu. He says, are you guys not buying the Shan bias hype train? I'm not necessarily buying it, but I think this is a good matchup for it, personally. I, I don't think Ruiz is going to be able to take her down. From what we've seen of Bias, I think her, she's got good takedown defense. I think on the feet, she's got the better striking, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean um, – I don't know exactly what her ceiling is. She looks talented, well-rounded, uh, but she still is really green. She's only six pro fights. I mean, yeah, she probably goes out here and wins. She looks like a better striker. Has more got a, got a more complete game. Um, Ruiz, what I've seen out of her, her game is just like, I'm going to try and walk you down, get the clinch, and use a head and arm throw. But like that is just not an effective technique usually. I mean, Baze has – I don't know how good Baze's wrestling is, but she's shown me enough – in scrambling situations to be positionally aware, smart, hold top position to where she probably could stay out of danger there. So Ruiz just seems pretty one-dimensional and Baze just seems more well-rounded, but it's not a fight where I don't want to lay any money on Baze. We'll just see how her career develops. Uh, her husband as well. I think they're both they're both really young, so they're we haven't seen the best of them, surely. So uh, just going to wait back and, and see. Yeah, again, I like this fight for her. I mean, she is a big fear for a reason. Um, Ruiz coming on short notice. She does have like some decent submissions with that scarf or arm lock, the head and arm throw, but I don't know if it's going to work against Bias. We'll see. It could. I mean, might as well talk about her husband too, JP. What do you think of that fight? Because that's another one that is very tricky to me. Um, JP Bias, Bays, whatever you call him. Listen, he's got good submissions. He's got some momentum. He's the younger guy. He's got the reach advantage and all of that. But I got to be honest, AJ, I wasn't super impressed with this tape, man. Um, some of these fights he's had are against really low-level guys that cannot stop a takedown. Bruno Silva's wrestling is not terrible. I know he's been taken down a few times in the UFC, but it's he's proven pretty tough to take down. I think on the feet, he might have an advantage too. Trains at a great camp. This one's, I'm kind of scratching my head at this one. I have not made an official pick yet. I was leaning towards Silva earlier in the week. Then I was leaning towards Baez, and now I'm leaning towards Silva again. What are your thoughts on this one, man? Well, I could see why you think it's a tough fight to call. I mean, it's tough to tell. Like his base just has not fought near the level of opposition as Silva. And then we also have uh, questions on his cardio. We've seen him gas more than once. But skill set wise, I actually think he's a better fighter here. I think he's a better striker. He could operate out of both stances. I think he's got more variety. Silva's got calf kicks, but like that's really all he has. He has like an overhand right. There's not just not a lot of layers to his striking. Um, Bays, I like his grappling. He's he could chain wrestle well. He's got a good double leg, and he could transition to the back. 
And I also like how he like methodically, he's like very methodical in top position. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you down, use good shoulder presser pressure. I'm going to pass your guard and I'm going to uh, like an anaconda, just look for a submission and like without sacrificing position. And I love that about, about him. Um, Silva, he's a black belt on paper, but like, it wasn't that long ago where we saw him submitted by Taha. Yep. Uh, take. I mean, Taha's a, a phenomenal talent and whatnot, but like, from what I've seen out of Bays, like he could do something like that too. He's a, a threatening submission grappler, especially from like the front headlock position. So it's a tough fight to call. I don't want anything to do with a bet. Bays is a guy where like you could, yeah, I mean, we could point to cardio issues that he had in the past, but him being only like 24, I wouldn't be shocked to see him maybe address those. I mean, he trains at Fortis MMA um, and he, he looks like a skilled fighter. So I'm not ready to say like, you know, the cardio will for sure hinder him for the rest of his career. There's always reason to believe that these fighters could address that. So as far as the pick goes, I actually side with Bayes, but I, I understand people being higher on Silva, much more UFC tested. His cardio has looked better, um, better competition. So I understand both sides, but I like Bayes a little more. So I'm assuming you like him from fantasy perspective, right? He's 8,300 DraftKings. Is that someone that you're targeting? I do, because like if I'm doing an if-then statement, like if Bayes wins, I think there's a decent chance it's by like an early finish. Um, and then on the flip side of Silva wins, he could, you know, he's an underdog, uh, which is valuable on DraftKings. Maybe he finishes if if Bays happens to gas again. So it's it's a fight. I actually think I want both sides. And I think there could be a lot of grappling here, which we see in the new scoring system is is very is definitely more valuable than just a purely a striker's battle for 15 minutes, especially one that's like moderate to low tempo. So I actually am I'm pretty interested in this fight from a DFS perspective. Me too. Um, let me just show you something here. This is one of his fights against this guy Gamzat Megamev. I, I mentioned this the other day on the podcast. I watched the finish in this fight. Look at this. And then he stopped the fight. So mm, yeah. Mark Goddard stopped it via disqualification rate. Like he's hitting him like this guy. That's what I'm saying, AJ. Like I'm really worried about and it's been three years since this fight. And also the one in contender series where he gassed out. But you know it's been a few years. I just worry that if things don't go his way, he might break. That's what I'm worried about this guy because he seems kind of like a one trick pony a little bit, man. He seems like kind of a, a one round guy to me. Um, most of his wins are around one. We'll see though. Maybe, maybe he's made that, that turn in his career. And the thing is, it's not like Silva is this amazing fighter, right? Like he's not incredible. He's technically he's Oh, two and one, but he really is Oh, and three in the UFC. I think they showed the elbow here. It's like Mark Goddard. Is that it? Yeah. And he disqualified him for that. Come on. That, that really like to me, that is, that's, that's, that should be a, probably a loss of this guy. He ends up getting the win. I don't even know if this guy ever fought again. To me, that's kind of a weird call, man. Like, I guess he was warning him and stuff, but I don't know, AJ. What do you think of this one? Like, did you, did you see this fight? This elbow and stuff? Like, didn't like a brawl ensue afterwards? Yeah, yeah. they're starting to fight afterwards. It's crazy. Go back and watch this one, guys. It's nuts. But he's pissed at Mark Otter because he, he called it a, uh, a DQ. It's a weird one, but uh, he couldn't continue either. So it is what it is. But uh, that fight and the fight with, um, what's his name? Uh, Joby Sanchez on Contender Series, where he gassed out and got finished. But it was a few years ago. So training at uh, Fortis, has he made those leaps and bounds with his cardio? I'm guessing he has, right? So it's a tough one, AJ. I'm, I, I still have another day. I got one more day till I have to submit my MMA Odds Baker staff picks. So you guys can wait till tomorrow. Um, it's it, it, I'm going to sleep on this one. There are some other fights though. I'm, I'm way more confident in. Um, Stu's asking about some underdogs targeting for DFS. I do a podcast on Fridays uh, for EliteFantasy.com, and I'll be doing the whole card. So I don't know if you remember there, Stu. You can tune that in uh, tomorrow. That's where I, I do my DFS stuff. Um, but as a bonus, I can give you like one play. Uh, potentially, uh, Leonardo Santos I saw as an underdog. 
he could win that fight. That's a close fight. I'm not sure where you were thinking that one, AJ. Um, the Leo Santos Grant Dawson fight. I think I'm leaning toward Dawson a little bit, but uh, Santos was a pretty big underdog in DraftKings. What were your thoughts on that one? Well, it's a fight where like I, I just don't see like yeah. I mean, I understand like favoring Dawson. He's younger, uh, more upside. He's been much more active than Santos, but like. There isn't anywhere stylistically where he blows Santos out of the water. I mean, Santos is a great submission grappler. He's very credentialed. That seems to be Dawson's strength. I just, I, I think Dawson is talented. I just don't think he's like, I don't think he's like, uh, I think he's still improving. I think, I think he's only going to get better. Um, he's still not like a polished boxer, I'd say. He's got like a low kick but he just doesn't have a lot of depth to his striking. His, his head movement could be much improved. Um, we saw that against Arosa. So like, he's a guy like, sure. He probably goes out there and wins, but like, do I want to bet that price on a guy who doesn't have any like clear stylistic advantages? No Santos is, he hasn't lost in the UFC. Yeah. Like he's a solid defensive wrestler as well. The guy's like not an easy guy to exploit. Like you could, people yeah. could say what they want 41 years old, but what holes does this guy really have in his game other than, his output is low, and then he's got some very questionable cardio. But unless if he gasses here, I just struggle to see Dawson really pulling away. Maybe even Santos knocks – maybe hurts him or something. He's got a really good counter right hand. So yeah, yeah. it's a pass. So I think Santos is live. Yeah. You're, so you're, are you picking Santos? Like are you considering it at least? I'm not picking him. I'm picking Dawson. But, yeah, it's it's just like just so out of age gap. I yeah. guess you agree with you, though, that he's live on DraftKings at, at 7,600, I believe Santos was. Like – because you know what? If he wins his fight, guys, he probably does it by stoppage. You know, if you look at his fights, he's man, he's so good, eh? Like, he might be one of the most underrated guys in the UFC, especially watching him back, AJ. Like, yeah, he's 41, guys, but he's he doesn't look like he's 41. He's still fighting at a high level. It's crazy, right? Because he had that long layoff of like three years and came back. He's looked outstanding since then, too. So <laughs> I really don't know about this one. I think Grant Dawson's outstanding. Um I, I, you know, it's one of those things. I got to be careful on the hype, though. I'm trying not to buy the hype on him too much because I liked him before when he had his first couple of fights in the UFC. And now everyone's like, oh, he trained with James Cross. He's been with him for a while, guys. It's not like that changed anything. I just think the kid's great, but you got to watch the hype. And I think Santos is one of those guys against Kevin Lee, against Stevie Ray, these guys that were younger than him. They were supposed to beat him. AJ went out there and knocked them out. So this one's a sketchy fight, guys. Leo yeah. Santos is older than my car tire. That's funny. He says, are you working for for workplace? Yes, this is my office. It's kind of like a comic book shop. You guys, there's a bunch of other stuff over there too, but uh, got the UFC toys. Dana White's there and all these guys. Actually, you know what? Um, Oh, this comment's hilarious. He says, Drama Queen Goddard stretch again. Yeah, that's stoppage. I don't know about that stoppage, man. It's even kind of rushed. Um, Let's talk about uh, a few other pieces of news here, actually. Uh, There's a lot of news that's happening this week, AJ. I don't know if you saw, but uh, UFC's parent company, Endeavor, they're going to go public. So the UFC might actually be going public. Is that something you'd be interested in potentially buying some shares of? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've been on the on the ship for however long we've been involved in the sport. I mean, I want to invest in something that I believe in, and I believe we believe in the UFC, right? We we've been with it this whole time. It's only going to get better, like we talked about last. I mean, ESPN Plus. I mean, Dana White is is out there executing a lot behind the scenes. I mean, I, I mean, I still like. I don't want to ever doubt Dana. I mean, I mean, look at, you know, when people thought it was a joke that he was saying like he was doing fight Island. I mean, look what happened. He, he went out there and, and did the damn thing. Yeah. So Dana, Dana's only, he's only working as hard as he can behind the scenes. It's, it's only going to get better as time goes on. And I mean, he's com- is committed as they come. So yeah, I, I believe in it long-term and that'd be something I'd vote uh, to take a shot on. How about yourself? Um, yeah. I'm thinking like maybe too. I mean, obviously it'd be kind of a conflict of interest maybe, but I'm pretty sure other journalists would be involved too, you know? 
I have to think about it more, but um, let's just read the article. They had a comment here at Sportico. It said, Endeavor Group Holdings Entertainment Conglomerate that owns Ultimate Fighting Championship, talent agencies, IMG William Morris, and produces content, content including Premier League Soccer and movies like La Land, also Killing Eve, that TV show. They fire, filed confidential paperwork for initial public offering with the Securities and Exchange Commission. It says that they, they're racking uh, $3, million, $3 billion a year in, in revenue, AJ. So um, I've heard... I think two years ago they were supposed to go public. I was reading about it when I was doing the research for that article, and the, the shares were about I think twenty-seven to thirty dollars a share. So that's interesting. I think that'd be priced about where I'd like to jump in there too. So I'm I gotta be honest, I'm interested. Um, you know, I am a journalist covering the sports. So I got to be careful from like a sort of uh, ethical standpoint. But you think I'm the only journalist or, or fan of the sport that's going to be interested? No, I think everyone's going to be in on this AJ because. I'm with you, man. Like I, the UFC is just going to go up from here, guys. Like it's it's just going up, you know. Even this last year, AJ, like you said, everyone's like, "This is it for the UFC with coronavirus. They're done. That's it." And Dana White, you know, got to give him credit, man. As much as I, I criticize Dana, I love criticizing him because he screws up a lot. But the guy, listen, man, he's the most important guy in the business, and uh, I owe him a lot, dude, because I have a job in this industry because he created a, a sport or helped make a sport popular that I love. So, get some comments here. Andre says, who's your pick out of? I got Brunson all day. I am leaning towards Holland, although I completely agree with everything AJ said. AJ knows what he's talking about, too. So it's a tough fight to call, guys, honestly. I just – I leaned – I looked at it as, like, a basically a pick of fight, and right now you have Holland as too big of a favorite. I can't touch him. I loved him in the last fight against Jacare, though, guys. I think it was a dog or maybe, like, a pick and price. Loved him there. Um, Stu says, weird coincidence. Pretty sure Goddard is an early stoppage on buys. Oh, my God. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think – I don't know about conspiracy, but he was the, the ref for the uh, – the fight with the guy that was a terrible stoppage like i mean is that even a win like what do you think the last fight it was it was weird i had i have a hard time drawing a line in the sand with that because like supposedly like they saw his like legs give out or something like there, there was some kind of like indication where, where goddard actually like justified like why he broke it up and it's one of those things i don't want to pretend like I for sure know exactly what happened because Goddard at the end of the day, he's, he's in there. And like, yeah, we, we seem to have a good view from, from where we're watching it, but we we're still not in the octagon. So maybe he just saw something that we didn't. So I always give the referees the benefit of the doubt that might be a contrarian take, but that's just something that I I'm willing to do. Um, so yeah, but no, but I, <laughs> conspiracy, I, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say that, but in terms of like, you know, that happened, you know, Goddard was the referee for that fight and that one that you previously showed that, yeah, that is, that, that is interesting that that happened. Yep. And this case shows something about Dawson. Yeah. I mean, like, I think there's hype in him now though, because a lot of the time before this fight, um, people were just, I don't think they thought of him as like a superstar prospect. And now they are. And people were like, Grant Dawson's going to be a future champ because James Krause is saying that. So I think that's where the hype's coming from, from his camp. I think he's great though. Don't get me wrong. I am picking him in this fight. Dojo. He's saying Macy Chase on. Oh, don't use that word. Don't you dare use that word, man. That's someone I like too. I like Macy too, though. I like her in that fight. Actually, I posted this this stat yesterday. Do you do you realize Marion Renault is the oldest fighter in the UFC? Did you realize that, AJ? I did not. Not until just now. A, AJ Marion Renault is the oldest fighter in the UFC by five days on Alexia Olenek. They're both born in uh, 1977. Olenek's five days younger than her. And we look at Olenek and we're like, damn, this guy's old. Needs to retire, right? And he gets KO'd every fight. Renault is still fighting at a decently competitive level. Um, I don't know about that fight, that matchup for him. Kind of with Kenshiro, even though I hate the way you use that word, Kenshiro, because that word, man, that doesn't exist in, our, in my vocabulary anymore. I've seen too much crazy shit, guys. I've seen last-second knockouts, last-second last submissions, uh, bad judges' decisions, um, disqualifications. 
um, you know, legal shots, everything, AJ. I've seen it all. So there, that word does not exist in my vocabulary. And I told you to get rid of it too, AJ. I think you you took my advice on that one. Let's oh, get, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like that. Yo, this guy likes Brunson. Andre likes Brunson. There we go. There's your boy, Andre likes Brunson. Uh, I'm going to take out uh, this right here for the news. Um, Junior Santos files appeal. What do you think of that? Is that back of the head or no? Well, the thing with that controversy was, and I recall during the fight, he Dos Santos shouldn't have been turning, and he was yeah. turning. So, like, you could argue that was to the back of the head, but at the same time, the counterpoint to that would be he shouldn't have been turning his back. And so, I mean, look, I wish Dos Santos all the best. I, you know, he's given a lot to the sport. It's it's pretty crazy to just see, you know, him get released along with over him. I wish him all the best. I mean, if you're asking me, I don't think it'll go through. I mean, I don't think it'll, it'll be approved. But, um, I mean, I, I do understand where he's coming from. It's disappointing that it had to go down specifically like that. But I think that based off the optics of, of what happened, um, I think it's probably going to get uh, not approved. Kentaro says, looks illegal. That right there looks illegal. I mean, no doubt about it. But he's AJ's right. He turned into it, right? And that's the tough part because these guys are moving at such a fast speed that that like brief second where he turns, that was the difference, I think. He would have lost that fight either way, right? That's, that's what I'm thinking about. But I got to be honest, man. I feel bad for this guy because if you read what he was saying, I think to Ariel yesterday, he was on Ariel's show, AJ, he said that the UFC called him like, I think a month before that fight was like, can you fight Cyril Gaon at UFC 256? He was like, can you give me a, a, like another month? Can we fight in January? They're like, no, you either fight him in December, you get cut. That's what they told him, right? So he's like, all right, I'll take the fight. Took the fight, lost the fight. Two months later, got cut. Now he's super pissed at the UFC. He's really angry at Dana White. That That's like throwing a legend in the trash though, bro, the way they treated him. I mean, listen, I, I'm not saying he's a high-quality fighter anymore, but he still was ranked in the top 15. And to me, you know, Dana White saying this is uh, performance-related, I think it's more money-related, AJ. Same with Overeem. I believe it's more what what's the ROA on these guys, right? Because they're getting paid in the six figures. Is it worth keeping them around? Or is it better to go find a guy like Chris Dawkins who they can pay 20000 and basically get the same result with a knockout? That's what I'm thinking here is, AJ. I don't think it's really performance. I think it's more financially-centered. Uh, what do you think? You're 100 percent on the money. They're they're getting rid of these guys because they're they're too expensive in the salary. We, we heard Dana White say uh, that they were going to make some cuts. I mean, we saw them make a lot of cuts at the end of 2020. But Dana says this isn't it. We're going to be cutting more people. And and I did have some concerns about Overeem even in the Sky matchup. It had me thinking with with them cutting Jacare, other big names in the sport. Like if a guy like Overeem lost that matchup against an uppercomer in Sakai, he would have got cut. Then we saw the following fight. He loses to Volkov, then he gets cut. So they're cutting these guys where they're looking at it, I think, from a longevity perspective, where, yeah, Dos Santos and Overeem, they're going to be legends of the sport, no doubt about it. They'll go down as the Hall of Fame. But they're looking at it right now and going, like, what what do we, what is the potential in these guys right now at their point in their careers? They're basically guys that they're going to give to prospects to see how well they test them in. They're coming off losses here. I mean, yeah, like their their resume speaks for itself. They're not they're not getting cut because they're they're straight up bad fighters or anything. It's just you know the, uh, it's it's a salary thing. It's a it's a potential thing. So um, again, whether people disagree or agree with it, I'm just saying why I'm trying to justify why I think the UFC is is doing it. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with you. Um, <laughs> listen, they they knew that they were going to make some tough cuts, guys. We knew this. Like they said, we're cutting sixty guys. They weren't just going to be UFC newcomers. There was going to be some veterans. We saw that Anderson Silva, Yoel Romero. Now you're seeing with um, with these guys, with Overeem, JDS. And I mean, quite frankly, that's probably the tip of the iceberg, guys. I mean, you're probably going to see some other older veteran guys get cut 
you mentioned, I think you say Jockery, I think you mentioned the potential cut. Like that's a guy right there. He makes a lot of money. Great fighter. He used to be a great fighter. Is he anymore? I'm not sure. And if you're the UFC, you're looking at it from an ROI perspective, guys. Overeem gets paid. Nine. That's the other thing. Overeem is making close to a million, I believe. Um, win or lose. Show, just to show, AJ. And let's be fair to him. He, he always showed up. He always showed up and he put on good fights. He did get finished brutal in the last fight. And everyone's like, oh, Dana White's trying to save his brain. Come on, guys. They're trying to save their money. They're trying to save Overeem's brain. If they were trying to save his brain, they wouldn't have a sport in the first place. Um, let's still get some fight announcements, AJ. Let's pull up Marcel's page. Big Marcel. He's not here today, but let's pull his page out. Give the old big guy some love. All right. There's some good fights coming up, guys. We're going to get into them briefly here. Start with this one. This is coming up soon. It's a great fight. Love this fight, AJ. Well, June 26, actually three months away, but holy shit, what a fight, eh? Like, I love this matchup. I love it. I got to be honest, man. I, I didn't see it. I don't know if you were on. Uh, I know your name is your, your name's Anthony, too, right? So you, I'm guessing you probably took him at plus 400 against uh, Rodolfo Vieira, but I got to be honest, man. That one. That was one of those ones where I was jumping up down screen. You know, I got it wrong, AJ. It was just nice to see when the, one of those crazy upsets happen. You got it like the way it happened. He chokes them out. Impressive. And then Puna Heli. I mean, this guy is it's a monster. You saw the knockout. His last thing is Dusko. And he's also had a few other knockouts. So what do you think of this matchup? Don't give me a pick or anything, but what's your stylistic initial breakdown on this fight? Oh, these, these two are just going to stand stand and bang and just throw throw bombs at each other. Uh, I think Soriano's going to be packing the bigger punch. Uh, the guy's got a tremendous amount of power in his hands. He's not the most technical fighter, but you know he's one of those Hawaiian fighters that's super tough, aggressive, athletic, athletic background, wrestling background, and just will just throw the hardest shots at you. We saw that in the last fight against Tudorovich. Like, he, he exploited Tudorovich's susceptible striking defense, hands down, chin up, and he paid for it. I mean, you take one clean shot from Soriano, and this guy will, will get – he's got like four knockdowns in two UFC fights. It's crazy the amount of power this guy has. I say Hernandez is a guy who doesn't pack as much power, but he's more aggressive. He, he'll he'll get you in the against the fence. He'll walk you down, throw high volume. He'll I think Hernandez will try to look to get Soriano down, be unsuccessful early. But if I think Hernandez actually has a cardio advantage here, so I think it's a tale of 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 early versus late. I favor Soriano early. But as the fight goes on, that's where Hernandez can have his advantage. But it's going to be a great fight. I mean, they're going to go out there. I mean, assuming they both stay conscious, it could be a fight of the night potentially. I think. Yeah, but Daniel says after he slept, Darko has my money, and that was impressive. Um, I think you were talking about Darko's like defensive deficiencies going into that fight, uh, with just keeping his hands low and stuff. And you saw him get clocked. That was brutal, man. That was like that reminded me of uh, the fight the other day between Angela Hill and um, Ashley Yoder. My tweet made it on TV. I was like, this girl's chin is right in the air. She needs to be more defense. Like she was like this age, like just hit me in the chin. It's just amazing the fighters at this level still do that. Like they can't block their tuck their chin, block their face. It's crazy. Um, Ken Shiro's got a parlay here. He's got, he does these big parlays, which I don't really do, but I know they do hit for him. So he's taking Holland, Gregor, Ty, Yanez, Shaysan, and Dawson. Careful on Dawson, man, but the others should win, I think. Um, and these guys like Avila too, yeah. Let's go to some other fights here. This one, don't want to talk about too much, but, you know, this girl's, Procopio's not bad. She she beat Molly McCann. I liked her. There's a dog. And she takes on O'Neal, who's coming off a great win over, uh, Shayna Dobson, um, I, I'm assuming O'Neal's probably going to be favored in this fight after that win. I mean, she looked outstanding. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think they both excel as grapplers, but we, we see this time and time again. We, we're, we're two fighters excel as grapplers. We might get a striker's battle. I mean, I hope we get to see some jiu-jitsu on the ground, but uh, it is a good booking. I mean, they're both coming off good wins. Uh, Procopio, she was like the consensus underdog of the week when she beat McCann. It was just hilarious to see that all over Twitter. Um, and then O'Neal, um, 
Big win over Dobson in her UFC debut showcase, some excellent grappling. I remember she broke the, the DFS slate for everybody that was on her. Um, so, yeah, uh, both two two young ladies that excel as grapplers uh, should be fun. Yep. Go to the next one here. Carol Rose says, Jar, you make, I mean, somewhat similar. Like, it's striker versus grappler, right? I like Carol Rosa, man. I, I'm very high on this girl. I think she could be top 10 fighter soon. What do you think of her? Yeah, she's uh, I'm I'm impressed with her. I wrote up her up as one of my prospects to watch for MMA OB. Um, she she's got better cardio here, and I think that's a big difference with Sarge. Like I think Sarge is like a talented fighter, but she's only she's only got so much cardio for 15 minutes, and so that's why it's tough to to trust her over 15. But um, they're they're both well rounded. I'd say should be a fun scrap. Um, they, they both I, I'm so impressed with Rosa's like output on the feet. She just volume, volume, volume. UFCstats.com. People could check that out. She just yep. she throws at such a high pace and she wrestles so um she's she's not like the most technical fighter the most defensively sound fighter but she's got great cardio and a high pace which is which is a lot to deal with so i agree and, and eubanks i mean listen she really surprised me at the view i didn't expect her to win that fight i gotta be honest that one surprised me but i don't know carol rosa is someone i'm i'm, I'm even higher in rosa than the view because look how young rosa is she's born in 94 so she's 26 or 20 26 right now so i mean she's super young man yeah this fight's pretty good too, Bill Algio. He had a really close fight against Ricardo Lamas, and uh, he lost the fight, but it was like a good showing by him. Ramos is a guy, is, yeah, he got knocked out in his last fight, I think, by uh, Miron Murphy. I, I love Murphy there as an underdog. He knocked him out. What are you thinking of this one? Yeah, um, I'm pretty perplexed by a couple fights with Ramos, just like the the way they went down. Not that he lost to bad fighters or anything. This fight, this one right here, eh? This is a hobby. Yeah, like it was just like there's so many like weird fights, like or, or weird moments and fights that end up costing him. Um, yeah, he got the spinning elbow there, but then like Murphy like knocks him out cold with like ground and pound, and then Nurmaga Madoff knocks him out or hits him with a body shot and finishes him there. Like it's a, they're both like Eljo's like really scrappy and tough, and so he might be able to outlast Ramos, but I think Ramos is, is the better technical fighter when he wants to be. So I think it's one of those fights. It's like, yeah, Ramos is probably the better fighter on paper, but it's just like, does he show up? I mean, there's been a couple of times where he hasn't. And so that that's what makes it so intriguing stylistically because Aljo will, will put it on him if he doesn't show up at his best, I think. So that's that's a fun fight, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And I forgot, I think he did beat Spike Carlisle in his last fight. And Spike Carlisle, if I'm not mistaken, is fighting LFA next. So he just got a fight booked. He's a guy that probably shouldn't have been cut, by the way. I think he should have got another fight. Now this is a fight that you messaged me and you, or I saw you tweet about, and then you told me like, let's talk about this one. This is an outstanding fight. Um, this Mason Jones guy, in my opinion, was uh, I think he beat uh, uh, Mike Davis in his last fight. I personally, he scored the fight for him, and I, I don't know what you thought about that fight, AJ, but I thought he won that fight. Alan Patrick is a guy that's had some success in the UFC, but to me, he's a guy that's a little bit older now. He's uh, wow, he's thirty-seven now. I mean, he, <laughs> and another one of these ageless Brazilians, though he doesn't look like he's thirty-seven, but. Uh, I mean, Mason Jones is, to me is an outstanding young fighter, and he's very young, twenty-five years old. Um, I would, I would imagine Mason Jones would be favored in this fight, guys. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think Jones, despite getting a loss there, and that's why I don't like to put a whole lot of stock into wins and losses. I want to look yeah. at the whole journey of the fight. He looked great against Davis, I thought, and I, I rate Davis highly. I think Davis is one of the better prospects at lightweight, and the fact that you know, regardless of who you scored it for, he he went out there, he fought at a high pace, he showed great durability. The thing that concerns me the most about Jones. And it's part of the reason why I bet Davis there is he doesn't have the best defense in terms of like his head movement. Uh, but but he is super tough. If he could fix up that striking defense, I think this guy could go far. I mean, he's already proven to be a, obviously cage warriors, double champ. He's very credentials, uh, credentialed, excuse me. So I, I like him and I do think he'll be favored and might not get a decent line on him. But this is a spot where um, 
you know, I, I know the fighters both fairly well. Patrick just really struggles if he can't take you down yeah. and hold you down, and he's not the best wrestler. So, um, and I, I did think that Jones's defensive wrestling get ups looked a lot better against Davis than say he showed that he showed on the regional scene. So I, that tells me that Jones is improving. He's super young too, so he's only gonna get better. Uh, whereas you said Patrick is thirty seven, so we've kind of seen the best of him. So I really like Jones in this spot, and I'm high on him in general. Yeah, and he's fighting. He had his win on this guy Donovan Desmond. He's fighting for the Cage Warriors title this weekend. Um, we can talk about Cage Warriors in a second here. We might have a few more minutes to do it. Let's go through some more fights quickly. Um, we already talked about that fight. This fight has been rebooked, and you guys know I have a lean in that fight. Now we got to talk about this one here. The line's actually out, open at minus two seventy five for Robert Whitaker and plus two twenty for Kelvin Gastelum. Now I know it's he's taking on short notice, but to me, like I think this is a pretty competitive fight. I'll be honest with you. I mean, Whitaker should be favoring this fight. He's He's proven himself as one of the, the second best middleweight in the world, right? So he should be favored here. But you know, stylistically, I don't think it's a terrible matchup for Kelvin Gaston. What do you think here, AJ? No, it's not a terrible fight for Gaston. I actually, my first ever bet that I placed was on Gaston in the first iteration of this matchup, and it was at a similar line. The odds are are ridiculous here. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, even if you favor Whitaker, like almost three to one or whatever it is, like it's just that's that's way too wide. It's going to be a stand up battle. Um, yeah, like the argument could be made that Whitaker's the better striker. He's more varied. Um, but but Gaslam, um, arguably more durable. Um, you know, he could he's got power. So it, it adds it's gonna be a higher variance striking fight. It's not like Whitaker is so much better of a striker than him. Um, you know, it, it's it's a fight where like I have to dig more into tape because again, when I placed sure. on Gaslam, it was I was a total newbie at this thing. So uh pretty much just throw that out the window. But I just I still do think that the odds it, it, to me, it speaks recency bias. You can look at Gaston, he's lost three fights recently, but there's nothing stylistically that tells me like Whitaker should be this big of a favorite over him, you know? So, yeah, I've always been a fan of Kelvin Gaston, man. I was one of the few people who took him in the uh, fight against Uriah Hall. He was plus 300, AJ, when he fought him in the Ultimate Fighter finale. He was plus 300. Loved him in that spot, man. I made some good money on that night. And uh, he's been good over the years, man, but a little inconsistent at times. Robert Ricker, more consistent guy. I agree with the odds that he should be favored, but it does look a little long to me, man. I got to be honest. I thought it'd be closer to like two to one, not three to one. So to me, like there's that that margin there where like there's there's no player in Raw. But again, this fight's what a month out. We got tons of time to look at tape, AJ. So we'll we'll uh, we'll come back and talk about that in a month from now. Got this comment. Uh, Ken <laughs> Ken Jura says Gaslam couldn't even run a run Whitaker on tough. That was a long time ago. <laughs> like that was three years ago. AJ was even really an MMA guy back then. Daniel Edwards says uh, Whitaker has impressed me the last two performances. He's looked outstanding. I mean, he really has. Although, you know, to be fair, I mean, Jared Canyon rocked him really bad in that third round, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And it was a, it was kind of a sketchy, like, he won the fight, but, man, it was scary. I had Robert Whitaker in that fight. He was an underdog. Couldn't believe it. So, remember that. He was an underdog in that fight, AJ, and against Darren Till, if I'm not mistaken. Now he's a big favorite. Does that, that always worries me when that happens, eh? When, like, a guy's being undervalued, and all of a sudden he's a huge favorite in the next fight. That That's the kind of thing that worries me a little bit. Um, uh, this, the momentum against yeah. the betting lines. Momentum too. I mean, momentum is huge in the sport too, though it, it really is. But I agree with you completely. It does. Um, saying, what do you guys think about the new John Jones videos? Yeah, I mean, I can't wait for him. Like, I'll listen. I've been on John Jones every single fight of his career, including the fight against Matt Hamill. But every every fight, and the guy's a winner, right? So yeah, even moving up to heavyweight, AJ, like I'm, I'm very high on him, even at heavyweight. Where, where, where have you seen his photos? Have you seen the videos? What are your, what are your thoughts on John uh, moving up, putting some bulk on and, and putting some size on? 
Yeah, I saw him hitting pads at, at Jackson Wink. There was a video that escalated there. Um, like we talked about last week, I mean, I think this could be a new challenge for Jones where we see the best of him come out. So I'm with you. I think he's probably the most skilled heavyweight. Of course, he could lose just because these guys hit so hard and it yeah. just adds an extra layer of variance. But yeah, I think he could I think he could beat Stipe. I think he could beat Curtis Blades. I think he could beat Francis as long as he doesn't get knocked out. And that's a big if, but uh, I, I'm with you. I'm high on him at, at heavyweight for sure. He's probably the most skilled. I mean, he was the most skilled fighter at light heavyweight. And I think uh, by heavyweight standards, there's could potentially be even even wider uh, skill discrepancy there. So, yep, I agree. And there's just a few other fights. We'll just quickly go through them. This guy wronged you, Rodrigo Vargas. Marcel actually broke that fight himself. Usman Maswell. Might as well talk about this card really briefly because I know Ken Shiro was asking about it. And then this fight's great too. Marcel broke that fight. Dewado Evlov, love that fight. But let's talk about quickly about 261. We got a few minutes, like five minutes left. So um, I, this is what I said the other day. Basically, like, I don't think Maswell deserves the title shot, obviously. I mean, he's coming off a loss, right? But here's the thing, AJ. Like, you got to understand, this card is happening next month. We weren't even expecting those guys to fight until September. So to me, it's like a bonus almost. Like, I wasn't expecting a welterweight title fight until September myself. So this is like a bonus next month because I thought that card was just going to be the two women's fights. And I was going to watch that. Now you get this fight added. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm the first guy who was, like, pissed off when I think Misha take our title show coming off two losses and Chael Sonnen did off two losses. But to me, like, yeah, even though, even though you could find someone probably more deserving, obviously, in the division – I don't hate the fight, especially because this card is not necessary for hardcore fans. It's more for the UFC selling tickets in, in Florida and Jacksonville. They have a full crowd for this event. And it's it's for selling pay-per-views, AJ. It's a casual fans fight. When I told my fiance that they're rematching, she was so happy. She's a huge basketball fan. She can't wait to see. She's like, oh, I can't wait to see him on a full camp. And he doesn't have to cut weight in a week. And I was like, yeah, so like, that's what the card's aimed for, guys. You got to remember that. I think it should have been Colby. I think it should have been Leon, but that's not what's happening. And I'm not going to get all upset about it like some people have. So what are your thoughts, man? What do you think about this? I think hit the nail on the head. I think it's a marketing strategy. Yeah, they, they want to give the best card possible back with a full crowd, just like we saw them put the best card possible back when we when we had sports back back in May. Um, and it's no different here. That's what we love about Dana White. I mean, yeah, he, he fails a bunch of times, but that's part of the reason why I think he's so successful. Um, he... I put this card together and yeah, people could, could nitpick at the matchup and say, Oh, it should have been Colby. It should have been Leon, whatever this draws, this draws the most crowd. Everybody, everybody knows who, who Masvidal is by now. I mean, everybody knows who Usman is because Usman's the guy that beat Masvidal. It's just like when Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor. So he's always going to have that draw. And then, like you said, it's a bonus to have those other fights. Zhang, uh, people are very high on her Rose. People love Rose. Um, I mean, there's other fights there as well. I mean, it's just Andrade and, and, and Shevchenko, right? So, and then you can have a, you know, just a, a, an abundance of good matchups there. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a card that's going to draw a lot of uh, not hardcore fans, obviously, but then also the casual fans as well. I think it's I think it's really smart of the UFC to do, to be honest. Again, it's, it's for casual fans. Hey, no worries, Stu. Thanks for coming in, man. Um, got five minutes left here, AJ. Let's just go to maoddsbreaker.com and take a look at the site. I put up some uh, opening odds. I'm assuming you've been super busy like me and you really haven't had like too much of a chance to cap some of these fights, but I have gone through the Cage Warriors card and there's a couple, they actually have three cards this weekend, guys. Here's 122, uh, Sherry Air, who's a very good fight against Vucenich, great fight. So that's a good one. Then you got LFA as well, AJ, this weekend. Um, another great card. Wyatt Johns, Bruno Silva, the main event there. And uh, also the other Cage Warriors. I mean, look, we've got three cards coming up. There's the Derek Brunson fight hall. And so it's actually a pretty busy weekend. Um, do you have any content up here? I'm looking for your stuff. Did you write anything lately? Don't see anything. Um, it, it might get posted later on. Um, just, just you know, my my usual bets and whatnot. I, I did, I did a uh, breakdown video with MMA Lock of the Night that might yeah. get later. 
but yeah, yeah. As far as articles go, just be my bets. Um, cool. cool. Yeah. Have you looked into those cards at all? I mean, like, I'm assuming you've been super busy copying UFC anyways, but have you looked into Cage Warriors, LFA, or even uh, KSWs this weekend as well? For whatever reason, those organizations don't interest me as much. I, I like Bellator and UFC the most. UFC's number one. Um, just for whatever reason, maybe, maybe it, it tickles my fancy down the line, but for right now, it's, uh, I mean, if it's on, I happen to catch it, I'll, I'll watch a little bit of it. It's just not something that I'm, I'm all too interested in. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I do like, totally uh, understandable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much we watch, we watch every weekend, right? So it's hard. Like there's, there's always a lot of stuff. Here's what, uh, Ken Shuri says, uh, expect to lose a month. That's the thing. I mean, a lot of these guys like, you know, they're inexperienced green, but there's a lot of veterans too. I'll give you an example. There's a here's one line I do like. I'll give you an example, guys. On KSW, Darko Stojic, he's a former UFC fighter, is, is fighting KSW this weekend. He's making his KSW debut on Saturday. Okay, he's fighting this guy uh, Michael Waldereck. It's a heavyweight. So Darko fought three times in the UFC. He lost his three fights. AJ, I don't know if you remember him. He fought Jamal Hill. He fought Kennedy Nacheku, and he fought actually fought four times. Sorry, because he won his first fight against this guy named Jeremy Kimball and finished him. That he lost to uh, Devin Clark, Nechekwu, and Jamal Hill. But the, the Nechekwu fight, he was winning that fight, guys, and got two points deducted with a minute left in the third round for a low blow. So he would have won that fight otherwise. He was released after he lost to Jamal Hill. He lost to three top 15 guys by decision, arguably. So to me, it's like this guy at minus 160 against this guy, Walderak, who I looked in, I watched his tape just to see what he looked like. He's a one round guy, AJ. He's got huge power, he's a big slugger, he's got a lot of muscle. If Darko doesn't get KO'd in the first minute or two, he will win this fight. He's only minus 160, guys. That's a bet I like. Um, sorry, he's minus 150. He's even better. That's a bet I'd like. So I haven't had a chance to go through all those fights, AJ, but keep your eye on that guy this weekend. If I'm wrong, I'll I'll, talk, I'll, I'll call myself out next week, but I see some value in that guy, Darko Sochi's minus 150. You got all the experience. He's fighting this guy who's a lot older than AJ, a guy who, again, has about one round of cardio. I believe this guy is the more effective striker he'll win this fight. Okay, Shiro says, sorry, yeah, you like it, eh? Yeah. Take, take a look at it. Just just take a look at that one because it is a former UFC fighter. I'll be honest, some of these guys I've never heard of on this card, but that was one guy that I was like, oh, I, I know who this guy is. And I, I didn't hate him in the UFC. I thought he was a decent fighter. So that's a guy to keep a look, uh, your eye on. Bellator's great. Love those plus 400, 600 dogs. Yeah. Anytime you get bet against Aaron Pico, and that's 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 a guy you love to bet against. Um, And Daniel says something about LFA. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, there's definitely some guys in LFA, if you watch it, like, for instance, Yenez was there and all these guys, like, and if you were betting on them when they were there, you were making probably good bank. But now that they're, you know, they're gone, you know, there's these new guys coming up that are 1-0 or 2-0 age. It's very hard to bet on them unless you have some inside knowledge on some of these guys. But there are a lot of veterans, too, like Spike Carlisle is fighting in a few weeks. That's a fight we can bet on, probably, because we do have a lot of knowledge about him. Anyways, we got two minutes left. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about, AJ? Anything you want to plug, man? Floor is yours. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we crushed it, man. I, I have a few bets posted for the event, like you said. Um, if they people want to see my breakdowns for that, they can subscribe to the mailing list on my website. Um, I got a bet on uh, four different fighters on this card, so you can find out what what my reasoning is why, um, rather than getting on a video, as I find it's a lot more easy and transparent to do it via written but uh yeah that's there um always good to chop it up with you um awesome doing this and uh yeah good luck on the event everybody yeah you too aj and uh good luck to everyone else as well um you guys can follow me on twitter at mmmattermartin obviously uh busy these days guys as you guys know mmaoddsbreaker.com it's always gonna be my home but bjpen.com is the home as well and then elite fantasy i'll be doing the podcast tour with duke i believe it's 7 p.m tomorrow um that's where i give my bets out that's where i give all my dfs plays they are paying me well to do that stuff. 
I give you guys as much as I can on here. I can't give out the bets because that's just part of what it is. So, you know, if, if you're part of that, uh, the elite team, you can hear them tomorrow. Um, hopefully we win some money this weekend. There are, there's a couple uh, fights I do have my eye on. I haven't made any bets yet, AJ. I'm going to wait until tomorrow. But uh, there are some fights I do like on this card, um, including some of the ones we did talk about today. So, once again, guys, thanks for everyone who joined in. And I'll be back on Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Still getting used to the afternoons, guys. Appreciate you sticking with me and uh, through the time change. And we'll be back on Monday. AJ, have a great weekend, man. Guys, enjoy the fights and talk to you soon.